Well, here we go. The Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn, host, creator, producer of The Spiritual Spiral. And I have to be honest, I'm really excited, maybe too excited to have this podcast today. I don't have a guest. And if you've noticed, I didn't publish the podcast over the last week because I was on vacation in Ohio and New York visiting my family. And you're probably thinking, well, what does that have to do with the spiritual spiral? And I, I have to be honest, I was vindicated. My trip sort of vindicated my beliefs and thoughts about the world. And I was sort of blown away. I had no idea I was going to record this podcast and be bombarded with the insanity around me. But I wanted to talk about it. I actually recorded a podcast the day before I left on my trip. It was regarding Ellen DeGeneres and Daryl Morey, which I'm still in the process of recording. But I didn't, I didn't have enough time to edit it before I left. So I'm still going to record that. The Insanity of Daryl Morey, China, Hong Kong, LeBron James. Probably will record that in the next couple of days. But I have so many thoughts about my vacation and my trip and technology and how people behave and sort of this insane narcissistic world that we live in now. Before I tell the story of my trip, I want to talk about a few things that I sort of came to terms with. What technology and smartphones and email and specifically Instagram and Snapchat Snapchat have done? They have created a world where people think their lives are much more important than they actually are. They also create this urgency where you feel as though you need to always be on, you always you have to respond right away. And it also has created a world where people don't give a fuck about other people's feelings. And I know that I'm going to probably swear a lot throughout this podcast, but all of my thoughts have been confirmed based on my trip. And it's and I'm not looking for this type of behavior. It just happens around me all the time. And I think because I don't have my phone with me all the time, I actually see the world around me. And I think if you put your phone down for a couple days and looked at the world around you, you would see everything that I see. I sadly don't know if this is ever going to stop. By that meaning the narcissism, the selfishness, I don't know if this is ever going to stop unless something tragic happens. And I know that sounds terrible to say, and I certainly don't want it to happen, but unless people's priorities are straightened out, are straightened out and people are sort of reawoken to the fragility of life, unless something terrible happens, I don't know if it's ever going to stop. And I think that's individually, I think we all have sort of maybe a cancer diagnosis or a death in the family or health issues or something often terrible happens to sort of reprioritize our lives. And not that we want something terrible to happen, but I get the sense that unless something tragic happens, we may be on this spiritual spiral downward, and it's never going to end. First thing I want to talk about, I get on my plane. So first thing that I notice right away on the flight to Cleveland, and I, I, know, I know I'm going to get a little passionate here, but do you know how you get on the airplane and before it takes off, the flight attendant tells everybody to put their phones in airplane mode? Well, Every single time, I feel like I'm always sitting next to somebody who doesn't give a fuck about what the flight attendant says and is still scrolling. And I know that they're not on Wi-Fi because 
there's no Wi-Fi availability on the plane yet. And I've certainly tried to get Wi-Fi, and I even ask, and the flight attendant tells me, oh, no, not yet. Once we take off, we'll be able to access Wi-Fi. So I'm always sitting next to somebody in my row who is still scrolling away or texting or looking at Instagram incessantly, even when the flight attendant or the pilot tells people to go into airplane mode. Now, I, I realize that the chances of anything bad happening as a result of somebody scrolling on Instagram is probably under 2%. And I'm sure that, you know, there's all these Reddit articles that have proof that nothing could possibly go wrong if you're not in airplane mode and you're scrolling on Instagram. Because if there wasn't something that could go wrong, we would all be dying every day because there's always somebody on the airplane and it, they often, 99% of the time, they seem to always be sitting in my row where they can't stop staring at Instagram while people are taking off or while the plane is taking off. And I have to tell you, I always come so close to just looking at the person and telling them, would you please get the fuck off of your cell phone? The pilot or the flight attendant just told us to go into airplane mode. I know you may not think about everybody else on this plane. I may, I know that you may have read some article on Reddit or somewhere online that has proven to you that there's nothing bad that can happen while you're looking at Instagram while the plane is about to take off. But you were just told by the flight attendant, by the pilot, to go into airplane mode. Would you fucking please go into airplane mode? Because none of us want to die because you're scrolling at Instagram, because you're addicted to looking at likes and Instagram and Snapchat, and you would rather do that than have some sort of sympathy or compassion or thought towards the 200, and, uh, towards the 200 other people that are on the airplane with you. But no, people don't give a fuck. They only care about themselves. I told you I was going to get a little inflammatory today. I, I'm, it was just, it was a great trip. I've decided every year to go visit my parents. My dad is going to be turning 80. My mom is in her 70s. So my girlfriend and I, I want to make the trip every year to see them. And then we head off to New York because I love New York City just for a few days. Uh, we stay at the Mondrian, love it there. They're always super nice. I just love the atmosphere. It's right in the middle of the city. So after a couple days in Cleveland, we head over to New York to visit. Uh, well, I mean, the, the intention to go to New York wasn't to visit my uncle and aunt. Um, it was just to get away and see a show. I have to be honest with you. I have no fucking idea how New York functions. It's, it's insane. It is utter chaos. The traffic, the, the noise, the sirens, the lights, Times Square, people. And this is really important. If you look, if you go to New York anytime soon, specifically Manhattan, that's typically where we stay. You are going to be blown away by how many people are walking around, staring at their phones, running into people. I, I kid you not, seven or eight people walked or, or like ran into me because they had their face down staring at their phones. Traffic is at an all-time high. And as much as I love Uber, I finally realized the reason why traffic is so insane in New York City over the last... 
I mean, it's always been bad, but it's gotten worse over the last five or six years because of Uber and Lyft. They are all over the place and you literally can't get anywhere without hitting 30, 40 minutes of traffic. It took an hour and 30 minutes to get to JFK. It's seven miles away. It took an hour and a half. So the first thing that I was struck by in New York was, as I just sort of mentioned, everybody is frantically running, walking around, going here, going there with their phone earbuds in in their ears, staring down. There is this sense that everything you're doing, there is an urgency to everything. There is an innate urgency where everything you're doing is at a frenetic, frantic pace, and nobody can even look up for just a second to make sure that they're not about to walk into you. That's the first thing I noticed right away. Get to the hotel, check in, have a couple drinks, go out to dinner to a place called Pig and Cow, and it's K-H-A-O. It's owned by a restaurateur who is on Top Chef. I should probably find the name. It's owned by Leah Cohen, and she was on Top Chef years ago. I'm going to somehow explain to you how this relates to my show. So go to the restaurant, and we always try to find some cool restaurants to go to. Um, And the food was okay, but I couldn't help but notice two things. And we're sitting at the bar, so we have a clear view of the kitchen. And one of the chefs, every two minutes at the most keeps grabbing her phone, scrolling, looking at something, and then goes back to preparing the food. And I just had Adam Mesnick on my show about a month ago, and he's an owner of a restaurant up in San Francisco, and he forbids all of his chefs, his cooks, to touch their phone because the phone is so freaking dirty. I mean, people go into the bathroom holding their phone. So she, this the, the chef, it's, it wasn't Leah, it was one of her sous chefs, is so engrossed by whatever's going on with her phone that she isn't thinking that, oh, I, maybe my phone is dirty. I'm handling my phone, that I'm handling food. I couldn't bear to watch. So it was, it was ruining my experience. I realize I'm a germaphobe, but I'm thinking to myself, and let's put this into context. If, you're, if you are on a plane, and you do you want your pilot to be constantly staring at his phone or her phone while they are flying across the country? Or do they want them, do you want them to put their phone away so they can actually concentrate on the flight? I mean, I think you know the answer. So if this, if this chef is preparing, and the restaurant's packed, this chef, this, this sous chef is preparing all these meals, and she is not capable because of her addiction and because of her phone to concentrate on making the dishes that she's making. Instead, she's grabbing her phone. Oh, there's a minute where this pasta is boiling. I'm going to go back to my phone again. And she wasn't looking. I was able to see at one point she was looking at Instagram and the other time she was looking at WhatsApp. Insane, the addiction, the fact that she can't even stay off of her phone for five minutes to prepare dishes drove me, it, it made me mad. It drove me insane. And so the other time this happened at the restaurant, the same thing with the runner. The runner is sort of the one responsible for wiping the plate down, putting on a little bit of garnish. He also, every two minutes, is grabbing his phone, scrolling, looking at God knows what, and then going back to the dish, putting his hand on the phone, putting his hands on onions, then garnishing the food, and then going back to his phone. And here's the kicker. And this is, you know, I'm a, 
I've done music curation for restaurants before. And this does relate to our culture now. People not really having a clue about the world around them, but they're only thinking about themselves. I'm a DJ. I'm a music curator. I love hip-hop music. There is loud hip-hop music playing throughout dinner. I'm not talking about, like, Drake. You know, more listenable or easy-to-digest or clean type of hip-hop. I'm talking raunchy. Every other word is fuck, cock, pussy, dick. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Every other word was obscene and, and offensive. Now, again, I don't mind that type of music. When I DJ, that's typically the type of music that I play. But I'm thinking to myself, and I knew Leah and the owner of the restaurant, they weren't there. I would be flabbergasted to think the owner of the restaurant is actually okay with this type of music being played throughout dinner. But I knew the a couple of the employees absolutely love the music because they're singing every other word to the song. But I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to listen to this type of music while I'm having dinner. And it's not even just really this type of hip-hop music. I went to a restaurant in Culver City maybe five, six years ago. It was a pizza place. And I ended up getting a job there <laughs> doing the music curation for them. I, I'm sitting down with my cousin who came to visit from Seattle. And... Nine Inch Nails, A Perfect Circle, Tool. This is some of the darkest rock, depressing music you could possibly imagine. And I love Nine Inch Nails, and I certainly respect Tool. I I don't listen to much Tool after like a song or two. I've had enough. Oh, yeah, Metallica was playing. So I finally go, I, I go up to the manager. I go, and it was pretty busy. I go, is there any other sort of music that you could play? And he looks at me like, what are you talking about? I go, do you have any sense how listening to Nine Inch Nails or a Perfect Circle or hearing the words like fuck or cock every five seconds isn't actually enjoyable while you're having dinner? And these, he looked at me, he was stunned. He couldn't believe it. And he said something like, well, what would you play? And, you know, I gave him some suggestions and he ended up playing the music. And I ended up getting a job there for a few months, creating some playlists for them. And I just, I, I can't, I'm blown away that people are so self-absorbed that these people at the restaurant in New York City, Pig and Cow, oh my God, Leo's going nuts. I'm just amazed that they, A, are grabbing their phone every minute or two while making food, and then B, they're actually clearly playing music that they want to hear, but not playing music that actually fits the vibe of the restaurant. And again, it's this selfish, narcissistic, self-indulgent, self-absorbed world that we live in, where people don't really give a fuck about anybody else. They only think about themselves. So next day, go to the gym. I'm going to tell a couple more stories and then I'll let you go. All these issues we have, the inability for people to focus, for change to happen, it's because everybody is obsessed with themselves. They're obsessed with Instagram. They're obsessed with whatever bullshit is happening on their phone as opposed to having real heartfelt face-to-face conversations. Those days are over. And I'd like to think that I'm slowly trying to make some change here, bring some more awareness to it, but I don't think I can possibly cause change because 
the the manipulative addictive qualities of cell phones and tech is just far too powerful far more powerful than my podcast but you know at the gym we go to the gym the next day and i want to ask you something or i'm thinking about something obviously people work out for the physical benefits getting stronger getting bigger muscles there's also obviously the superficial quality of you know just looking better but there's also a mental component to working out. I mean, doctors say this all the time, and I've re- read stories all the time in the New York Times where there is the mental benefit. You do get a mental benefit, obviously, from working out, whether it's endorphins, whether it's testosterone, whether it's just uh, serotonin being released. These are all natural progressions it's a natural it's a natural result from working out and again i don't see it as much here in la but when i'm at the gym in new york i'm seeing people on the treadmill staring at their phone i'm seeing people doing ab work while they're looking at their phone people are doing curls bicep curls with one hand looking at their phone with the other it's not possible to get any of the mental benefits from working out if you're staring at your email or instagram or facebook while working out so no wonder people that go to work out to try and help themselves mentally aren't getting any better because they're staring at their phone instead of allowing the brain to relax settle allow the body to naturally get the benefits of working out. That isn't happening anymore. It's another reason why there is more depression because people go to work out and they're thinking, oh, this is great for my body. It's great for my mind. But if you're staring at Instagram and your phone the entire time while you're working out, guess what? You're not getting the mental benefits from working out anymore. We went to a play And I haven't been to a play in over 10 years. And boy, was I reminded by the power of theater. And I suddenly have this urge to see more plays. I've always been a fan of Mary Louise Parker. And she was in Grand Canyon. She was the star in Weeds. And it's funny, but a friend of mine, Derek, who was on the show about three months ago, he sent me a podcast um, from Ezra Klein where they're where he's talking about this concept of loneliness and how loneliness is at an all-time high and depression is at an all-time high. And so I didn't know anything about the play. It was called it's called um, The Sound Inside. It's playing at Studio 54, and I'll get to the play soon. There's, there's just a lot of thoughts that I'm thinking of, so bear with me here as I try to collect myself. But yeah, I wanted to go see this play. I didn't know anything about it, but I've always been a fan of Mary Louise, and I was reminded of the power of theater. And, you know, I love going to the movies, but there is something to be said about being in an auditorium with two or three people captivating a room. It it was powerful stuff. I found, well, before I get to the play, this is really funny. So we get there about, the show was an early start. It was at seven. It didn't start till seven ten. So we get there about, I don't know, 20 till seven. I'm not kidding. The ushers for the 25 minutes before the play start, before the play started, nonstop yelling to people, 
Please turn off your cell phone. All cell phones off. No texting, no Instagram, no stories. All cell phones off. It's distracting to the actors. I mean, this went on and on for probably half an hour. And I'm looking around and nobody's listening. (laughs) Everybody is still staring, scrolling. Again, the cell phone Email, Instagram has made us all feel as though our lives are so important and everything is urgent that we have to be on it all the time. If we're not, we're missing out or God forbid we respond to an email two hours later as opposed to right away. The phone has created this sense of urgency. I don't know if you've seen the latest Dave Chappelle stand-up show, but Somebody's fucking cell phone, and this is on Netflix, somebody's cell phone goes off in the special. And of course, Dave is a stand-up comedian, and he sort of like saves the moment, and he makes it pretty funny. But I'm thinking to myself, everybody knew that show was getting videotaped. You know that they told all of them to turn their phone off. Yet some asshole out there thinks their life is so important that they actually leave their phone on. And sure enough, at the play two two nights ago, somebody's phone starts ringing about 45 minutes into the show. It's mind-boggling to me how people don't listen, don't think of others. They only think of themselves. And it just hit me across the face once again as we're sitting there watching or waiting for the play to begin. And the ushers, you know, in addition to helping people find their seats, for the entire half an hour, basically, and I'm not exaggerating, yelling out to people to please keep their fucking cell phones off. As far as the play, the sound inside, incredible. I I don't want to say too much, but Mary Louise plays a professor at Yale. She's in her 50s, and one of her students, you know, clearly develops a liking for her, or has a liking for her, and so they sort of create this it's not a sexual bond, um, but this this connection. And, you know, she obviously feels apprehensive because she's in her 50s and he's 18 or 19. And he is really anti-tech. You know, all of his friends are on Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram all the time. And he thinks it's a big waste of time. And he's an author and she's a writer and he was a huge fan of her books. Well, ultimately, she is diagnosed with cancer. And she decides that she doesn't want to live anymore. And she, it's actually, there's a lot of funny parts in the play, I will say. Although the, the retelling that I'm sharing with you is quite dark. It's a pretty funny play. So she decides she wants to kill herself. And of all the people that she wants present to help her with this is this student. And the student is a writer. And the one person that he wants to share his story with is her. And there's sort of a tragedy that happens at the end based on after he's trying to help her kill herself. And I won't say anything else other than that. You come to find out that these two people don't have anybody in their lives. I mean, she is going through chemotherapy and nobody is there. And he even mentions to her that I never see you with any friends. On campus, whatever you're walking around, you're never walking around with other professors. And we clearly know this boy doesn't have a lot of friends either based on things that have happened. So 
they create this bond from loneliness. And it's a pretty powerful representation about what's going on in our world today. I think this show is, I'm trying to create, I'm trying to wake people up, but I'm trying to remind people that if you're depressed, if you're lonely, if you're feeling sad, and you're going to Instagram to try and fix that, or if you're texting somebody or Snapchatting with somebody to try and feel a connection, it's ultimately not going to work. And it's a powerful play. It was just, I, I was really struck by it. It's called The Sound Inside. It's only playing for a couple more months, but it really resonated with me. And it sort of, I think part of the reason why I'm enjoying the podcast so much is because I'm connecting with people. You know, I had Mikey Bud on a, like a month ago, and he sent me this message where he just, my podcast has, has been this huge inspiration for him, where he's been reminded about the power of face-to-face conversation and how texting and connect, connecting through Instagram, it doesn't provide the same uplifting results as a face-to-face conversation. So... Yeah, I just, I highly recommend you check out the play, The Sound Inside. It's playing in New York for a couple more months. Really powerful story. All right, so last segment. After the play, actually, no, there's going to be two more, well, two more stories. After the play... This, this part probably won't be as long, but we went to Beauty and Essex for dinner. I highly recommend Beauty and Essex. Great restaurant. Great vibe. There's one in Los Angeles also. I've never been to the one here in LA, but it was great food. But again, something I couldn't help but notice. These three women at the booth to our right, you know, dressed really nicely, very pretty, probably in their early 30s. The entire time taking selfies, smiling, winking, kissing the camera, making it seem like they're having the time of their lives, posting stories. It's sort of becoming a sickness for people. They they were never really talking. I'd say it felt like 20% of the time, maybe less, there were actual face-to-face conversations. The rest of it was Everybody staring at their phone, taking selfies, posting on Instagram. That was the extent of their dinner. It's frightening what's going on. And I don't think people realize how dramatic of an impact this is all having on our culture. But people would rather just stare at Instagram and take selfies than actually sit down and and ask one another how they're doing. Think about that. Instead of talking to one another, people are spending their time taking selfies. Before I share my last story, and then I, I'll let you go, it's just cell phones, tech, have, have created a world where we think our lives are so important. And we also have become obsessed with becoming celebrities. Instagram has sort of created the perfect platform where we can all sort of feel like a celebrity, like our life is really valuable and important. It's also created a world where we don't really think about the impact that 
our posts may have. We don't think about the impact of staring at our phones while the plane is taking off and it could possibly make a plane crash. I mean, even if I'm curious before my last story, if it became, if, if it was proven that having your phone on during takeoff could in fact make a plane crash. And let's say it did happen one time, like next week, where the evidence showed that it was because too many people were on the plane staring at their phone. Do you think people would be able to keep their phone off during takeoff? Or they're so addicted that they would be willing to take the chance? I mean, I seriously think about that. I am not convinced that even if it was proven that staring at your phone or Instagram during takeoff could cause a crash could cause a crash i still believe that people would be willing to take the chance crazy to think about so my last story and again this sense of not having a clue about the world around you we're going we're entering the we're walking on to the jet blue plane heading home and again this guy in front of me is walking down the um the walkway about to enter the plane and he's taking a selfie while he's walking onto the plane and then i'm thinking to myself who the fuck cares that you're getting on a plane? Like, really, why do we care that you're going on an airplane? And I don't mean this to be offensive, but I am slowly unfollowing, mute, uh, muting people on Instagram because I've realized I don't really care about what people are doing on Instagram or social media anymore. I really don't care. None of it really interests me. Face-to-face conversations, reading books, reading the news, experiences... All of that interests me, but all the minutia, the sort of silly selfies and food pics, and I, I just don't care. So we're on the plane and great flight. Again, I'm just blown away by airline travel. The fact that it was a terrible storm, a pretty rainy storm in, in New York, and we, we fly, we get through it, get above the clouds. I mean, airline travel is a miracle, and I think we forget it because we just take it all for granted. I mean, I heard a statistic where there's 20,000 flights that take off and land every single day across the world, and nothing goes wrong. So it's pretty amazing. So we land. And again, as soon as people land, or as soon as we land, I look around, everybody reaches for their phone. So we are taxiing for at least 10 minutes quite a while. If, if you've ever flown on JetBlue into LA, typically you taxi for quite a while. The woman next to us is WhatsApping, but the, like the FaceTime version of WhatsApp with her friend. She's talking the whole plane, like all the people around us can hear her conversation. It's on speakerphone. And I'm thinking to myself, why do we want to hear your conversation? Why can't you pick up the phone, take it off of speaker, and talk to this person? And they weren't having any sort of in-depth conversation. In fact, the person, the woman that she was talking to, was going to the bathroom. And I know this because I heard the toilet flush while they were talking. They were talking about, like, uh, Target, uh, picking up... um, diapers and different things. And, you know, she was complaining about how long the flight was and it's on speakerphone. And I'm thinking to myself, does she think that we all really have an interest in hearing her conversation about Target and diapers and what she needs to do tomorrow? No, 
But you know something? She doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't care. And that's how it is now. People don't care. They're so wrapped up in their cell phone, this magnificent life that they are living because of the likes and the dopamine, the emails, their life feels so important and so valuable and everything is urgent and everything needs to be responded to. And I always have to be on call. I always have to have my phone with me. I have to walk into people. And I'm sorry if I just walked into you because what I'm listening to or the email that I'm responding to or the Instagram story that I'm looking at is far more important than me walking into you and hurting you because I accidentally wasn't paying attention. It's utter chaos. And I'm telling you, as much as I love New York City, I have no idea how that place functions sometimes because it's complete and utter chaos between the traffic, Ubers everywhere, people everywhere walking into things, staring at their phones. It's, it's utter chaos. And we have the smartphone, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, We have all these great companies to thank for this insane world that we live in today. It's crazy. Again, I'm I'm not a Luddite. I use technology. I love technology. But I when I go on vacation, I'm not on these platforms. I, I I'm actually taking a vacation. If you go to Mexico or go to France and you're staring at your phone the entire time, although you are physically on vacation. You're mentally not on vacation. That's today's show. I had a lot of energy today. I've been really thinking a lot about, obviously, my trip and the insane culture that we live in today and anything I can do to sort of wake people up and remind people that they need to get off their phones at least a few hours a day. Um, no guests lined up today. I do have a few musicians and an author scheduled for next week, so... Those podcasts should be dropping in the next few weeks. I'm also going to be recording another one probably tomorrow or the next day about this whole scene with Twitter and LeBron James and Daryl Morey and Hong Kong. And I've been doing a lot of research on Hong Kong the last few days. And I'm actually pretty fascinated by the story now. So I want to talk to you about it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Huge thanks again to Mikey Bud. He posted this amazing post on Instagram a few days ago and he tagged me just thanking me for my show. Leo, I woke Leo up just, and just to wake people up from the insane addictive qualities of cell phones. So thanks so much for listening to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, give it a five star, write a quick review. Please share it with friends. Tell people about it. As always, thanks so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral. And there's Leo. Thanks so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. (laughs) Leo, say bye. Thanks, guys, for listening.